On Thursday, August 26th, two suicide bombings rocked the airport in Kabul, Afghanistan, killing 13 United States servicemen. This week, the Joel Mahalik Show featuring the lovely Sharon begins by honoring those servicemen and their families. The following is a Joel Mahalik production. On November 13th, Felix Unger was asked to remove himself from his place of residence. That request came from his wife. She asked him to leave because he wouldn't listen to the Joel Mahalik show. Well, hello there, everybody, and welcome to the Joel Mahalik Show featuring the lovely Sharon. I'm Joel Mahalik, sitting here at the table across from the beautiful and lovely Sharon. Hey. Like the, the show would be, the name would be way too long if I said featuring the beautiful and lovely Sharon. Wow. So, we had to... It would also be a lie. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> welcome to the podcast this week. Thanks for joining us. This is, um, okay, so this has been a weird week. Yes. There's been oh a, my gosh. There's been Very. a lot of dumb things going on this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, some that we won't talk about here because it's not our forte. Uh, some of it we will talk about here because it is our forte. But um, so we strive, doesn't always happen, but we strive to have a fairly clean show. Yes. We don't have to because we're not bound by anyone's rules as an internet podcast, but we try. Yeah. In case you're listening through your house, right? And you know, well, your children are present, right? So let (laughs) let this be fair warning that this week we've already painted a big fat E for explicit all over the house. Yay! (laughs) I get the curse. I get the curse. (laughs) We won't use f bombs. I I made a commitment to myself that we won't use f bombs. But but there could be some what normal radio stations would call deleted expletives what, like that, ass that pop out in this show because I just want to know what words I can use I don't know but for instance have you, have you, heard, have you heard about this milk crate challenge because I just found out about this this week milk crate yeah it sounds familiar yeah, it's where people are stacking milk crates making pyramids different levels of height and then they walk up the milk crates wait <clears throat> wait a minute Reverse. Welcome to the show. Let me tell you how to get a hold of us. 
where we reside at. <laughs> I, see, I'm all hyped up. www.jmtalk.net. <laughs> wow. That's where you go. Subscribe to the program. You don't want to miss an episode, or maybe you do, because I found out this week I'm apparently boring. Some no, people. that was before. Oh, before I was only born before. Yes. Oh. Yes. Subscribe to the podcast. <laughs> We're available wherever you listen to podcasts. That was before me. Also on social media, TikTok and Facebook at JM Talk. Hit me, hit us up on Twitter and in, uh, Instagram and Twitter at JM Talk Radio. Email the show at joelmaholicradio at gmail.com. We were up late last night, so my voice is already oh, busted. I know. We were up until <clears throat> well, we were up late until this morning. So the milk crate challenge, they stack these crates up in different levels of heightness yeah. into these pyramids, I, I and they have to walk it, up them and down the other side. And apparently, I mean, I've never tried this because I wasn't a dumbass when I was younger. Yeah, right. But apparently it's pretty tough, and people were... Well, yeah. Yeah, I Come guess... Come on. I, I, I didn't... First of all, who has that many milk crates? I had two experiences with milk crates in my younger years. One, cutting the bottom out and nailing it to a telephone pole to make a basketball hoop out of it. Okay, that's common. And using it for a record holder when I was a disc jockey. Okay. So I never experienced the unstableness of them when you stack them upside down on top of themselves and try to walk I, across But I'm them. saying I don't get how, how people... Well, I guess they do sell them now... Which, you know. And you can go behind any convenience store that gets our dairy products shipped in with them and just mm, hike, hike them out. Yeah, uh, that's stealing. It and is, we do not condone we stealing. We don't condone stealing. We also don't condone dumbasses, but they, right. but we're flourishing <laughs> in them. We're, our cup runneth over. Right. <laughs> I mean, there is a pandemic going on, and these people are... They're, 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 they're doing some dumbass they're stuff. Doing dumb, they're climbing milk crates like there's room in the and ER. And they're recording it and putting it on the internet. Yeah. So, and once it's on the internet, no mm. matter how many people say there is an end to the internet, I'm here to tell you that the end of the internet is like a little bit of ways, unless you're always on the computer. Isn't it awesome how we grew up in an era without internet, so all the dumb stuff I that we know. did I is know. nowhere to be found. Right? <laughs> you can only go by our word. <laughs> So they're doing these milk crate challenges, and uh, you know somebody uh, somebody asked me last week they, when I found out about it, and they said, "I can't believe they do these things." I said, "Wait a minute, they, you don't you can't believe this? They're eating Tide Pods, they're stepping out of their moving vehicles and dancing, right. and getting run over by their own car in most cases. I mean, you, know, right. you, you can't yeah. believe that they're climbing milk crates, right? <laughs> unsuccessfully. There's a whipped cream challenge that I just saw. The same people." who are eating Tide Pods and getting out of their cars while they're moving are the same people climbing these crates, I'm telling you. I know, you. yeah. Yeah. And what about the boiling, drinking the boiling water challenge Hello. that they had? That yeah. can kill you. Well, me listen. It may, did kill people. Maybe the gene pool needs to be cleansed. I don't know. Stop. I'm just saying. Oh, my. Play stupid games, you win stupid prizes. You never heard of that before? Um, no, I have Well, you have now today on the Joel Mahalik Show, featuring the lovely Sharon. Okay. But, I don't know. You were watching a video yesterday of a Gen Zer. Oh my gosh, I now, know. Now wait, was that and serious or was that a joke? That was a joke. So it was, it's not far from well, the truth. No. <laughs> it, what it was, was um, somebody in the military 
um, acting like a Gen Zer, mm-hmm. and if you don't know what that is, that's a Generation Z. That's the youngest generation alive right now. Yes, and um, so they're showing how they would be in the military, you know, and it was hilarious, and maybe just a touch truthful. Funny but true. Right. <laughs> Funny but true, yeah. <clears throat> so the milk crate challenge, you have to climb up, climb down without the milk crates falling all over the place. Right. Yeah. So well, and it's not working, especially. I mean, the one I saw, they were. I think the center of it had to be six or eight milk crates high. Wow. So and and only one milk crate wide, or can you do as many I, wide as possible? Well, I believe it's one wide. I, I I would tell you now that I'm thinking about it and really rationalizing the physics of it, I don't think it would matter if you did two or three deep because they're all going to act as single, unstable rows. Putting no, stacking them together guess, upside mm-hmm. down like that with no weight at all to them uh-huh. is not going to make any theory at all more well, stable. Well, no, so, actually, there is a, a way that Yeah, you strap sense. them together. No, not straight, but if you, you know, did your first row, okay, did your second row a little um, off center, so like the the middle of, no, so the beginning of the second row would be in the middle of the first crate, okay, and you stack them like that. I still don't know if that would work. And yeah, but so the side, I think it would. I mean, that's just me. Do you want to try it? Uh, no. Neither do I. Um, not that stupid. You don't trust your own theory? <laughs> no, I do trust my theory. It's not that. But um, no. Yeah, I'm not. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well. Hell no, I won't go. <laughs> so, okay. Uh, so please, please, we're begging you. Parents, not the Gen Zers. Parents of the Gen Zers, smack them around. Do something. Yeah. To to stop them from eating Tide Pods and drinking boiling water, jumping up stair, uh, staircases made out of milk crates, jumping out of the cars. I mean, you you have to band together and do something. So it would be like uh, us talking yeah. about kids because it is the grandkids generation that's doing I guess. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe it is the... No. Maybe it, no, it's the grandkids generation. All right. So anyway, do something about it now right so i'm always a fan so i can and insert sarcasm here as you know i'm always a fan of news stories that have ridiculous headlines to draw you in and mm-hmm. so this goes under the category of this is how you sell news <clears throat> here's the headline nasa updates the world on odds of devastating asteroid impact in earth <gasps> oh my god i gotta read this when's this gonna happen right i saw that um i saw that title in your news feed somewhere in my news feed <clears throat> and i was like i was try i was hooked in one time and read previous stories about this so i knew better than to go into it but go ahead so, in 2016, NASA created the Planetary Defense Coordination Office, PDCO, with the task of monitoring any asteroids that have a potentially dangerous that are potentially dangerous to to Earth. Um, so, their 
tasked with looking at all the asteroids out there and looking to see which ones can impact us and what did that. So, um, so anyway, <laughs> they found an asteroid. Okay, uh, Ben Bennu, B E N N U, Bennu, located about two hundred million miles away. But according to freethink.com and this PDCO was discovered that in the year 2135 the asteroid that's anywhere between 0.31 miles and 6.2 miles in diameter will pass within 125,000 miles to of Earth or about half the distance to the moon so I clicked on this story because whoa NASA update on an asteroid that's going to impact yes, us right? 110 years from now Exactly. And it'll pass within half the distance of the moon to the Earth. Yes, but if you think about it, that's dangerously close. So you're falling for this, is what you're saying. No, no, I'm not. But I'm saying if this were true, okay, Mm -hmm. and it's half the distance to the moon, we depend on the moon for a lot of things, okay, and it passes between us and the moon it cuts off briefly but, well, they're not, that they're not saying it's going to pass between the earth and the moon it's saying it's going to pass pass within earth okay yes yeah, about so, half the distance of this to so the moon so it could be on the opposite and remember okay. the moon unless you're a flat earther then you know the moon ro- the earth rotates around the moon or the moon rotates around the earth I think well whichever it is if you're not a flat earther then you understand that there's a rotation thing going on no I know so sure it, if it shows up at the right time it could pass in between and according to Nostradamus 2135 is when the earth shall be destroyed no his no if I'm not if I'm not mistaken his prediction was like 23 something 2354 or something oh okay all right it was like i knew there was a two and a three in there but remember as much when i was a kid i fell for the whole nostradamus thing and i was really into astronomy i still am but and i really was into him and of course the first thing i ever saw on nostradamus was a special hosted by um orson wells wow wait a minute who yeah orson wells and it was going over all the quatrains and I was amazed by this. But then as I got older and watched more things and more developments about Nostradamus, it became clear that you can pick any event that happened and, and tie it to it, a quatrain. Right. And um, so maybe he was just eating mushrooms. Who knows? <laughs> but, you know. Right. So. Okay. And how many times has the world been ending since we've been alive? Uh, yeah. 2000. Yep. Well, actually, 1995, 97, 2000. 2012, 2021. I mean, you know. Yeah. They they keep mispredicting it. Right. Watching what kids are doing these days makes me think we're in more end times than we ever were before. Yeah. I agree. So, all right, well, this is interesting that we're at odds with each other about, because I don't typically tell you what we're going to talk about. And, right. we, and we usually agree on stuff. No, I agree that, you, that you, when you started it out, you said how titles of news stories draw you in. They're misleading, I was yeah. agreeing with that and explained how the title drew me in. So when I saw it again, I wasn't drawn in again. So do you think we should get this information to somebody that can put this in a time capsule? So like 2130, no, they can open I, it up and go, no, wow, man, we got five years. I didn't say I believed 
that it would happen. I was saying, according to this story, and then I was drawing reference from the story, not that I believed any of this. I did not say, I believe that this is going to happen. Right. So, now what? Okay. Well, there's that. I'm just saying. saying. Under the stack <laughs> like that. Um, so, apparently out in Seattle, people are going crazy out there. Now, of course, we... That's what I hear. Yeah. Well, they're always going crazy. So, apparently, last week, a naked man stabbed another naked man in Seattle right out in the street. And then naked people they're, just walk down the street? I guess. Just after 8 a.m. last Tuesday, officers responded to a noise disturbance call heard from witnesses that one naked man had stabbed a second naked man out on a sidewalk. I can't imagine what that scuffle must have been about. I hope it wasn't about size. <laughs> um, one witness had was already taken. One witness had already taken the victim to the hospital before the police arrived. Other witnesses told police that the other man was last seen around a corner where police found him at the entrance of an apartment building with what appeared to be a self-inflicted wound to the neck. <laughs> oh my God! Uh, the man lost significant amount of blood and was unresponsive. And that's about all we know about this story, which is fine. I don't really want to know anymore <laughs> about the story. Right? I mean, but what is going on out there in Seattle? Where, where naked people are just walking down the street and stabbing each other at 8 a.m. in the morning what was that argument about wow so like i want to know more but at the same time i don't want to know more mm. i mean maybe it was like uh maybe it was one of those challenges would you walk naked down the street for 70 million dollars or something like that which is never going to happen no one's going to give you 70 million dollars right if they were i'd be rich right now but so perhaps <laughs> so perhaps it was one of that maybe they both saw that post on facebook <coughs> went out and then they got in a scuffle because they were both vying for the money maybe the invisible money that would never happen right or maybe it was about size could have been about size but remember if you really want to become rich quick remember go back a few weeks to one of our previous podcasts one by the week is selling sculptures that don't exist and oh, making a yes, fortune i mean there's right. better yeah. ways there's better ways in the than to read a facebook post and of course we're speculating as to what it was but you see these persons out there where you slap your sister for a million dollars. I'd beat the shit out of my sister for a million dollars. <laughs> I'd beat the shit out of your... <laughs> you're saying I'd beat the shit out of my sister for ten bucks. <laughs> <laughs> no, we love her. <laughs> so, um, yes, that's what's going on. It's, it's just a small post that flew across the desk. Look at all these tabs I have open. Of potential oh, things ridiculous. to discuss. That's the kind of week it's been. Like, I have to hold everything in tabs until we get to this. And you yell at people for doing that. I do when yell you, at people you, for having all those tabs open. What the hell's the matter with these people? Right? So um, what the hell's the matter with you? <laughs> so when we come back, we have uh, we have a couple more great things to talk about. <clears throat> we potentially have um, a big surprise for the listeners in the third segment. But when we come back, when you and I come back, we have a Wombat of the Week that... Just, I've shaken my head so much, it's it's sore. I got a kink over here from shaking <laughs> my head so much about the Wombat of the Week. Plus, we have a really great story coming out of the Olympics. So, we have to talk about that. Um, and, of course, later on on the show, other stuff. I mean, you can see the stack. I will probably, mm. in fine, regular fashion, not, not get, get to, all, to this. all of it. Right. Great. So, stay right there. We're coming back right on the other side of this. This is New York Super Oldie Station, 920 WON, The Apple, Brooklyn, New York. So I use my computer every day. I'm not even sure how I get along without it. But I wasn't prepared for a virus. A Trojan, they called it. 
one night I'm cruising along, and the next night I can't do anything. I was afraid it was going to cost me a fortune. Boy, was I surprised. They had me back up and running the same day I called them. I really like PC Tech Rescue, and you know what? My wallet likes them too. Are you troubled by computer problems? PC Tech Rescue should be your very next call. Whether the problem is viruses, hardware, software, or any other issue, they can diagnose your problem and have you back up and running fast. With more than 25 years of industry experience, you can be sure you are getting dependable and affordable service. Call today, 484-429-6061, or email us at pctechrescue at gmail.com. Welcome back to the program, folks. The Joel Mahalik Show featuring the lovely Sharon. Uh, segment two, if you're following, it's show number 147. And uh, as you heard uh, before the show went uh, actually went on, uh, we just want to uh, send our condolences out to the sir- families of the servicemen Absolutely. who lost their lives in Afghanistan this past week on Thursday. Absolutely. So please keep them in your prayers. Um, so when we found out about the story, it was like, gotta do it, gotta do it. We were supposed to do it last week. Yeah, you're the one who brought it to my attention. Right. Yeah. And we were supposed to cover this story last week. And again, sometimes you just don't get there any, everything, but so we want to talk about, uh, Polish javelin thrower, Maria Andreszczyk. And uh, I'm Slovak, so I'm hoping she's Polish. I'm hoping I pronounce that right. And Andrzejczyk, I think that's what it is. She put her silver medal that she won at Tokyo just this year uh, up for auction to help save an infant's life. She announced on Facebook August 11th that five days after securing the silver medal in the javelin throw, she wrote that she chose to raise funds from uh, Milosek Malcia, an eight-year-old boy, an eight-month-old boy who needs to travel from Poland to Stanford University in California to have life-saving heart surgery. She does not know the the, the child, but wrote that she never knew his cause was the she knew his cause was the right choice after reading online the pleas for help from the parents. So <clears throat> she auctioned off her silver medal to raise funds. Um. So, the child needed 1.5 million Polish zlotys, I think I pronounced that right, which is roughly $385,000 to cover the cost of transportation and the medical care. So, um, so it went to auction, and it won. What? They're, you know, they're, they're talking a lot about her, which I think is great, but... I thought I, I had the right story because it got a yeah. hundred and some thousand dollars, I think. A hundred and thirty? Does that sound about right? Yeah, it does. Four or five. Da, 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 da. Um, so, yeah, she... This is ridiculous. Um, so she auctioned it off. I really thought... The donor information was in here. 
and the price. I think it was like $130,000. I feel like an idiot now because we had all this information. <laughs> um, so she put it up. Um, she found out that uh, she posted on Facebook that we have a winner for the auction. Uh, the Friday of that week, she received wonderful information. Um, and not only did was the auction won, but the person who won the auction they refused to take the medal. That's real. Like this is this two pieces to the yeah, story, right? There's two absolutely. pieces of the story that just make you go, "Wow!" Yeah, right. Um. So, um, she says she was moved by the beautiful and extremely noble gesture. Gesture. That's what, um, the win and bitter said that they were moved, and so they gracefully just declined to accept the silver medal, um, but. They won the bid. And again, it's not saying here, but I believe it was $130,000. So two stories going on there. First, her, like, doing that, like, you know. Yeah, for someone, she absolutely has no idea who it is. Right. And if you can imagine, you're, you've are you made it to the Olympics. Right. And then you won the silver, which is, yeah. like, second place, right? Yeah. Gold, silver, bronze. Yep, yep. So you won second place, which is amazing. Right. And then you go, and then you find, you see this cause, and you're like, I'm going to auction off my silver medal. Right. Which has more value than just the weight value. Yeah, Because sure. it's an Olympic medal, right? Right. It's a historical thing. So that is extremely amazing on her part. Absolutely. And then the person who wins it, mm-hmm. and I think it was a company actually, decides they don't want the medal. Don't send me the medal. Here's the money. Right. So two f- two forces come together for this child. Right. And that, I, if I'm not mistaken, that was almost half the cost needed. Right. If I'm right on the price, and I don't know, I don't know if I am. I'm a little upset that the story didn't have that in there because it had it in there when I read it originally online. <laughs> Do you think it's possible that when you <clears throat> when you print something off the internet, certain things disappear? No. Maybe the government makes them disappear so you may- don't see them. Well, you know, maybe. Is that even possible? <laughs> Are they listening to us now? I hope I'm not boring them. <clears throat> All right, so, man, my voice is destroyed right now. So let's talk about uh, another thing that just drives me crazy. Before we get to the Wombat of the Week, which drives me crazy. So, we're very familiar with the Washington Redskins having to drop their Redskins name after 90-some years, right? Yeah. I'm sorry, am I interrupting your text? Yeah. Am I? I hope it doesn't go all over the sound waves. Well, I've done this before and it didn't. That you know of. So, you know, because there's this cancel culture. They get offended by everything. Well, the latest... Is the winning uh, bid was one hundred twenty-five thousand dollars. Thank you. A convenience store chain. Wow. Yeah. Notre Dame is the latest to draw attention from the cancel culture. Yes. Um, they there are claims of cultural appropriation regarding their mascot. Yes, this is ridiculous. Which Come is the fight on. in Irish leprechaun. Yes. So, sports apparel company Quality Logo Products recently dropped a survey listing Notre Dame's Fighting Irish Leprechaun as the fourth most offensive college football team mascot in the nation. Come on, people. 
This is getting completely ridiculous. Well, then you're going to really like this. On Tuesday, Notre Dame issued a statement in response to the school's fight in Irish Leprechaun being named the fourth most offensive college football mascot. And they said this. The Leprechaun, of course, is symbolic of the fight in Irish and intentionally a caricature. It also originated in England as a derisive symbol of Irish people, which Irish Americans, including those at Notre Dame, again, have turned back on former oppressions as a sign of celebration and triumph. Um, People Magazine obtained this statement. They go on to say, in both the upraised fist of the leprechaun mascot and the use of the word fighting, the intent is to recognize the determination of the Irish people and symbolically the university's athletes. There is no comparison between Notre Dame's nickname and mascot and the Indian and warrior names and mascots used by other institutions, such as the NFL team, formerly known as the Redskins. None of these institutions were founded or named by Native Americans who sought to highlight their heritage by using names and symbols associated with their people. <clears throat> so, they... the. Oh, our symbols stated stand as celebratory representations of a genuine Irish heritage at Notre Dame, a heritage that we regard with respect, loyalty, and affection. Good. So good for that. What I think was really cool and about this story. Here's the other thing: the the can cancel culture doesn't even think about. Okay, there's no such thing as a leprechaun. <laughs> That's a fictional character you freaking morons oh my god what i think was really cool about this is the fight in irish fought back good yeah i couldn't wait all week i couldn't wait to say that the fight in irish fought Fought back fought back against the cancel culture good for them that's right good for them it is ridiculous i still think the redskins thing is ridiculous but you know i mean and i'm not here saying that I'm, i'm not an oppressive person so Teachers own, but I'll stand firm on what I said. I think on this podcast a couple years ago when that went down, where were the Native Americans for the past ninety years on this? Right. You know what I mean? You know they're Native Americans, so they were here long before white people I were mean, here. Where was Come it? On. What I'm saying is, where was this argument? So many and years I'm ago? part Native American. Are you offended by the Redskins? Absolutely not. And there you have Well, it. I mean, they're winning streak, but <laughs> just kidding. Um, okay. And now we're going to move on to the Wombat of the Week. I couldn't wait to bring this to the table either. I found this. If anyone wants to know who found this, I brought this one. I submitted this one. <laughs> Myself. And that means it takes precedence over every other submission this week. Really? But if you want to submit a story, it is how you do it. <laughs> Send us a link to a verifiable news story of stupid people doing stupid things. And we will put it in line, if it's stupid enough, for the Wombat of the Week. Send it to joelmaholicradio at gmail.com. You can also send us a message over Facebook at JM Talk and send the link that way as well. I thought I had a picture to accompany this, but... Oh, no, I didn't. I remember. So... <clears throat> Even if you're not familiar with the band Nirvana. Okay. I'm sure you're familiar with their Nevermind album cover. The naked baby in the pool, like reaching out for the dollar bill. Yeah, yeah. Very popular album cover. Yeah, yeah. Um, The baby is Spencer Eldon. Okay. 
And he appeared as a naked baby on the cover of the 1991 album, Nevermind. And he has claimed that the record's iconic artwork is child pornography. What? And he is suing the band over the alleged child sexual exploitation. Was the baby naked? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, his little... That's right. You can see his winky a little bit. Okay. Um, Is that why he's suing? Because he has a little winky? I have no idea. In a complaint filed on last on this past Tuesday at a federal court in California, and a, a, his attorney said that the image was pornographic, and that he has suffered lifelong damages as a result of his involvement. Eldon, now thirty, has listed the surviving band members, the ex- executors of of Lisa Kirk Cobain's estate, and various record labels as defendants. He's seeking one hundred fifty thousand dollars in damages from each of the defendants, plus legal costs, and alleges the defendants. Knowingly produced, possessed, and advertised commercial child pornography. The lawsuit alleges Eldon was sexualized because the dollar bill used in the image made the baby resemble a sex worker. Now, why is this guy the wombat of the week? The lovely Sharon asks. I do ask that. The Joel Mahalik is going to tell you why. Because... I'm going to count right out of the top of my head. This could be wrong, but I'm going to I'm going to try to conservatively say no less than five times over his life. Eldon has recreated the image. Okay. And like if you like, and we all know because he kept putting it out there. Yeah. And now I'm this old. Now there's so he kept recreating him. You yeah. kept recreating the image. You were flaunting. The now, fact that that was now, you. Right. And yeah. so, and now you want to sue everybody for it. <sighs> and this goes along with everybody suing everybody. Yeah, for anything. For the most stupid things. So you flaunted it by making gradual changes, do re- reproductions of you in a pool. Right. Naked with a dollar bill somewhere in the pool. And now, at age 30, you want to sue everybody over it for child pornography. <clears throat> this this reminds me of another woke or cancel culture kind of thing. <clears throat> In 2007, he told a newspaper that he found it kind of creepy that many people have seen me naked. I feel like the world's biggest porn star. Um, but you keep cre- recreating this picture. I know, right? <clears throat> so... Uh. So the lawsuit alleges that Eldon had been and will continue to suffer personal injury by the distribution and possession of child pornography, including emotional distress and loss of earnings. But he why, recreated. Well, you're right. Why are you recreating the image then if it's giving you so much emotional distress? Right. Like you know, and, and then, being proud of the fact that that's you. Because if you weren't proud of it, you would not be recreating it. Number one. Right. And you wouldn't be saying, this is me then, this is me now. And why haven't you named your parents in the lawsuit? They allowed it to happen. Exactly. You you were an infant. Exactly. Why are you suing everyone else when your parents did it? Right. I'm not saying sue your parents. I'm saying get a life. Sue sue nobody, get a life. You're the most popular. Get a job. (laughs) You're the most popular baby, probably more popular than the baby on the album cover of Van Halen's 1984, smoking a pack of cigarettes. 
Wow. So, I, so you know, <laughs> my God, this is just insane. Yeah, it is. And who's covering the story? None other than CNN. Wow. So <clears throat> it must be real because CNN's covering it. So um, in 2008, Eldon told CNN that rumor had it that Cobain had the original concept of wanting to show a mother giving birth underwater. Eldon added, but the compromise was to have a baby swimming underwater, or so that's what I was told. Um, I think any uh, the only way he's going to get anything out of this is if he find if he gets a cancel culture judge who's an idiot mm-hmm. to even look at the case. Mm-hmm. This should be thrown out, and I like someone should hire an investigator because I seriously doubt that he's lost earnings. You know what I mean? Yeah. People who are on album covers don't not get jobs. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, I don't know. I just... I This was like, I thought, and maybe I'm wrong, maybe I'm being boring, but this was like a great Wombat of the Week. Yeah. You know? And it, no, you know... It's, it's definitely... If know, we'd have never heard there. of him for the last 30 years, and then he comes out and does this, maybe... Mm-hmm. But not after recreating the picture through multiple stages exactly. of your life. Exactly. You know what I mean? Yeah. Sue the camera people. In this case, sue your parents. I mean, I would never condone that, but you know, if you're looking for someone to sue, your parents put you in that position. Exactly. Not the band. Yep. So, um, Eldon, what's his first name? Spencer. Spencer Eldon, man. You are my Wombat of the Week. Hands down. Yep. So maybe all four hands down. Maybe he can get a hold of the baby smoking cigarettes on the Van Halen <laughs> album, and they can do like a class action lawsuit against the entire music industry. Right. You know. Oh my God! Could you imagine? I don't even know if that was a real baby, even on that album cover. I know. I'm for, just for Van Halen, him. that because that that could have been like airbrushed or drawn, yeah, you know, to make it yeah. look. Um, but apparently, he's he's a real baby, and you know. Maybe he does have a small winky. Maybe that's why he's mad. Maybe that's why he wants money. Yeah. Maybe he tried to make it in the porn business and it didn't work. Maybe that's why he's mad. I don't know. But shouldn't take it out on people who had nothing really to do with it. I mean, and so I would like to, on a side, as a sidebar, I'd like to know more about how the concept of that cover came and then how does the band say this is what we want to do so obviously somebody's mm-hmm. got to be right. the person that goes okay we'll get you a baby I don't know and then they had to audition I'm quite certain for this baby and unless it was somebody that uh, wanted somebody with the, associated with the band knew you know what I mean so yeah so, you have to get more detail yeah yeah. Plus, I mean, and you're underwater. You're under. Right? I'm sorry, my filly just jumped out. You're underwater. <laughs> so really, you. It sounds to me like you'd make a hell of a lot of money and a great fortune by being a swimmer, maybe an Olympic swimmer, a competitive swimmer, win right. money that way. Yeah. You know. Yep. Anyway, moron. So we have reached that part of the show. Believe it or not, because it went really fast. Where we have to say goodbye to Sharon. So you have to say goodbye, Sharon. Do it in stereo. Goodbye, Sharon. Uh, there you go. <laughs> so, 
And peace out. And I will come back with more on this episode of the Joel Mahalik Show featuring the lovely Sharon. So do not go anywhere. Be right back. America, your children have an amazing superpower. That's right. They can help save lives by simply washing their hands. Just 20 seconds of thorough hand washing after they've coughed or sneezed or been outside can help fight against the dastardly spread of germs. Armed with only soap and water and hands, your superhero can protect you, your family, and everyone out there in America land. Amazing. Find out more at coronavirus.gov. A message from the CDC and the Ad Council. Listen on the web, your phone, or your neighbor's internet connection. That wasn't very nice. This is Reality One. Welcome back to the program, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks for hanging out. It's the Joel Mahalik Show featuring the lovely Sharon, and I am Joel Mahalik. The lovely Sharon has taken off and has left me here with you guys. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but that's what has happened. Uh, so, a um, couple more things to talk about on the program in this segment. First of all, uh, internet speed. Let's talk about internet speed for a second. Uh, we're always with technology. We're always looking for the next best thing, right? And and that's how we as humans, now that we have, uh, we we're totally immersed in technology day to day. We're we we crave the next best thing. The lovely Sharon must have the next iPhone every time it comes out. Do you know how expensive that can be? But she has to have it. I at one time was four versions behind. Five versions behind before I just got the 10, nah, not even a year ago. <clears throat> they were on the 11 and I was on the 6. So I don't need the next best thing. I usually wait until I'm forced to take the next best thing. But so anyway, with internet speed and gaming and streaming and all these things, internet content providers, <clears throat> which anyone, if you have a phone, can be a content provider. We're looking for the next biggest thing in internet. So we have, we're supposedly, I think we have a gig here at the house. I don't think we, of course, we don't get it. And the reason you don't get it, when if you're, when you buy into your internet speed and, you know, and I won't use, because Comcast is weird. Comcast does not give you asynchronous, which is the same speed up, same speed down. Verizon, for example, does. And of course, there are going to be some other regional carriers that I can't speak for, but so supposedly we have a gig. So when you buy into this fiber, the reason you don't always get that amount of speed, you'll get good speed, is because you're on shared data. Like everyone is sharing off of that fiber optic. Everyone in that region or everybody on that block, let's call it a block, to use simple terms. And so that's why sometimes, some points of the day, you will get close to a gig if you do a speed test. And sometimes you don't. But here's the thing, you don't really need that. You could you could game successfully on 20, um, 20 gigs, 20, uh, nine, one gig, no, not one gig, 20 megs. 20 megabit download speed, you can game successfully. So you don't really need all this data, but we have to have the next biggest thing. We have to, we have to. So let's talk about Japan. 
after I take a drink. <clears throat> My voice is crazy tonight. Japan breaks the world's record for the fastest internet speed. Engineers in Japan have set the record for new internet speed. And it's so fast that you would be able to download nearly 80,000 movies in one second. Did you get that? 80,000 movies in just a second. Uh, internet speed, which is typically measured by how much data can be transmitted between two devices in one second. So that's why I say when I talk about, well, 20 megs per second. Mbps, megabits per second. So let's say you buy a gig speed. Let's say you have a gig. Let's say you do a speed test right now. And you have, let's say you get in roughly between three and 400 megabits per second out of your one gig speed. And then let's say you go and download a movie, right? And let's say it takes three minutes to download the one movie, okay? Let's say two minutes. Let's be conservative and say two minutes. They're saying you could do that 80,000 times in one second. And that's because it is three, 319 terabits per second which is double the world previous world record of 7.6 million times faster than the average speed in the United States. The average speed here, by the way, in the United States, so we just talked about uh, gigabit speed. The average speed is 42 megabits per second. Plenty to do all you need to do. And that's one of the things that I think the Comcast commercial always says, all the speed you need for all the things you do, or something like that. You don't need all that speed. You don't need it. I can tell you because I have a gigabit upstairs, but when it gets down here to the office, okay, because I have to I have to get it down here through the power lines. We talked about this a while back on the show. I'm using power line converters to get my Ethernet down here for the studio, and I'm only getting 30, 35 megabits download speed. And it's adequate. I'm gaming. I'm doing production work. I'm recording podcasts. I'm doing all this stuff beautifully so think about that now when it comes to marketing so you're buying into this your cable company says we don't have that speed anymore we you have to you have to get a new modem which now instead of 995 a month is 1895 a month rental and you need and you have because we have to change your modem out and you have to go to the new speed which is 500 megabits 600 one gig they're selling you speed you really don't need but they grandfather out the old speeds. It's not costing them any more backbone money to provide you with these new speeds. It's all marketing. You understand what I'm saying? Fiber optic is glass. So fiber optic is glass. And they're, they might throttle what goes through that glass. But... If they could say to you, oh, well, you only need 100 megabits per second or you only need 50 over 50 megabits. Okay, they could do that. They could do that, but they don't. That's the thing. <laughs> so about fiber optic cables, though, so there's different types of internet connections. Different types will transmit data over different types of hardware. So forget the old dial-up, okay? That was terrible. That was using phone lines. And what we're dealing with now today is fiber optic. These cables, it, it, it's glass, and it sends pulses of light 
the data is sent as pulses of light and they travel along thin uh, plastic or glass cores. Okay? So, in order for Japan to do what they did, to break the record, uh, Japan's National Institute of Information and Communications Technology developed an experimental optical fiber with four cores instead of one. Okay? So, if you were to cut away... Or you can look this up on Google. If you were Google and look at how fiber optic is made, you would see that there's a core, and then you have all your little strands around it. And so they developed a fiber cable with four cores, and then they combined their fiber with the latest with a laser that fired pulses at different wavelengths and multiple signal application techniques. So now this enabled them to transmit data over a distance of more than 1,800 miles at 319 terabytes per second. That is, like, amazing. And I'm probably starting to get a little geeky on you, but that's okay. What I'm saying is it's quite possible, and it's on the horizon. And you know what? It doesn't matter. If your cable company called you tomorrow and said, you can have 100 gigs over 100 gigs, and it'll cost you you $2,000 a month, you'll probably buy into it because you're like, oh, God, I need that. I'm streaming games. And you don't need that. But it's a marketing thing. It's a marketing thing. You know what I mean? Fiber optic is just strands of plastic or glass. That's how the data is transmitted, through light. So, and they've been able to, so if they have four cores, and use laser, and they're getting that, imagine, divide that by... Four. That sounds like it's almost a terabyte per second on a single core. So if you look at this rationally, you go, wow, there's something wrong here. So think, <clears throat> excuse me, my throat's a mess. Let me take another drink. <clears throat> wow. I hope I can get through this. We have like 10 more minutes to go. Let's do this. So imagine what your gaming experience could be like. You wouldn't notice the difference. Because there's a relationship between two servers. So when you're playing a game, you have your computer, and then you have the game server. Now, game servers will have some pretty good internet internet speed because they have to host all these people on their game server. But there's a relationship here. Because you have, and I have to explain this to people a lot, just because you have 500 gigs over 500 gigs, the server you're communicating with, whether it's CNN, a news site, a game site, your email site, they're going to have a certain speed. And if theirs is higher than yours, you're going to have a really fast connection. If theirs is not as fast as what you have, then there's it's going to automatically throttle. You can only get what's given to you. Now, I'm not saying anything's going to slow back down to dial-up. And a lot of you young, youngins don't even remember the pain we went through on dial-up internet. But with gaming, it can only go so fast. Unless you're cheating. And we've seen that. I've seen that in Call of Duty. But you can only go so fast. All right? So, but anyway, I say this is really cool stuff. And where does something like that come in handy? Why do you need that much internet? You need that much internet when you are downloading things. It takes us, if we download a game that's, let's say, 40 gigs, I got to set it up and it, it will take a day because it's not me but when you look at your download speed, that's what you're getting to that. And so it might take a half a day for me to load a game to get it set up so I can play it. But it sounds to me like if I had this kind of internet speed, I'd have it downloaded in a, a second or two seconds. 
that is a game changer as far as downloading stuff. But the experience relationship between you and a website and you and a server is not going to change. Okay? That's not where you're going to notice anything. You'll notice things when you're downloading stuff. And that's only if the server you're downloading from gives you some sort of speed that's the same or equivalent to where you can get that faster download. If I've got 300 terabytes a second and the game server only has one gig per second, I'm certainly not downloading anything in seconds. <clears throat> Trust me. So, there's that. Okay. Whew. Why don't we stick to science and science fiction for a thousand, Alex? Um, scientists are proposing a permanent human habitat uh, built orbiting Ceres. Ceres is a moon between, I'm sorry, Ceres is an asteroid and dwarf planet in the asteroid belt which sits between Mars and Jupiter. And according to a, to a science team out of Finland, they're saying that a mega satellite settlement could be built by collecting materials from Ceres itself. Now, if this sounds familiar to you, then you might be a fan of The Expanse, which was a fictional universe. Uh, in that fictional universe, Ceres Station plays a pivotal role as one of humanity's first human off-world colonies. So, if this sounds familiar, that might even be where Finland came up with the idea. But, there's the scientists are arguing that the environment could be better than Earth since there's no adverse weather or natural disasters, plenty of living space... Um, to grow into, and they propose a number of smaller spinning satellites attached to each other via magnetic tethers to create a massive disc-shaped mega-satellite. Artificial gravity, approximate to Earth, could be achieved by spinning the massive structure around Ceres. And they say that such a habitat like this would have to make a full rotation around the dwarf planet in just 66 seconds to maintain the artificial gravity. So, um, but what's interesting about this, right? Here's the interesting thing about this. Like, I love this kind of stuff. I just this weekend watched Elysium, which is one of my favorite science fiction movies. And what's interesting about this is we're hearing a lot of things. Like there's so much news anymore, right? There's so much news anymore around the future in space, I mean, you have uh, th three different major space agencies besides NASA now. And they're all doing tests and putting things in orbit. Uh, and Elon Musk is working on launching. He's already started launching satellites for his new inexpensive internet he wants to be a provider of. Uh, he's talking about colonizing Mars in the next 20 years or less. I mean, there's a... Like, every time you turn around, like, 10 years ago, this story would have been like, <laughs> no way. Now it's, I take these stories more seriously because it's like this great race, probably unprecedented, like we've never seen before, of people wanting to do something off this planet. Imagine, if you will, compare that to the old days when explorers were landing on different continents on this world and claiming it and colonizing it and all these things we're seeing this again we're seeing this again in a futuristic way 
And I think that these stories are more realistic now. These scientists are serious. And we have means of knowing we can do these things or making an educated guess like, you know, not, they didn't just watch this show and say, ooh, let's create this idea. They probably watched this show, looked at some data and said, Jesus, we can do this. We can do this. And if you look at like the Elon Musk plan for Mars and you think it's all hogwash, he is, he is, put it is on paper. He's doing it. He has it on paper. He is testing this. They're already testing elements of the new starship that would take people to Mars. He's already announcing how the law would work on Mars. So, when I and it, it's crazy because I got I have another story that we're not even going to get to. China is working on an ultra large spacecraft that is miles and miles across, and they're talking about sending things into orbit and building it in orbit, much like the International Space Station was done. And when I read that story, I thought to myself, "Wow." In Star Trek's universe, they built all the ships above Earth, or most of them, after the initial ones were built. Then they put a dry dock in lower orbit. Science fiction is becoming science fact. And it's I know it's geeky, but I love it. <laughs> I probably won't... I probably won't be here to step foot off this planet, but I think it's cool that I can at least sit here and watch the birth of potential new nations. But anyway, that will bring the program to a screeching halt as we say goodbye. Um, I do want to say one thing. I'm going to send some thoughts and prayers out to my brother's family. We did have a tragic loss this past week. And um, it has put a lot of things in perspective. And I know every week I tell everybody to take care of yourselves and be good to one another. And if it ever meant anything, it should mean something now. You should, you should really hug your parents, hug your siblings, stay in touch. If, you're not, if you don't have a good relationship with each other, fix it. Fix it now. Because... It tomorrow there's a saying tomorrow is not guaranteed and god damn it it's not guaranteed it's not so remember to check us out at www.jmtalk.net uh, subscribe to the podcast there also on Instagram and wait I'm doing that wrong TikTok and Facebook at JM Talk Instagram and Twitter at JM Talk Radio uh, thank you very much for listening this week we will catch you on the next podcast So we'll catch you then. Bye-bye, everybody.